You don't have to try to imitate your favorite YouTubers. You just have to show up as yourself with your story, with your testimony, and with the gospel of God. Hi, my name is Yuti and I am a born-again Christian purpose and business coach. I am on a mission to help you, a Christian believer, businesswoman, writer, advocate, therapist, whoever you are, to influence your circle by spreading the gospel boldly. I want to equip and empower witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ to change the world because we can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are ready to evangelize boldly, I encourage you to download the free resource that I have created for ordinary everyday believers like you and I to learn how to evangelize boldly. The name of the guide is what to say when evangelizing. I am so excited and I can't wait to hear all of the feedback and your experience going out there and sharing the word of God. I love y'all. So today I want to talk to you about simplifying your evangelism steps. I don't really want you to think about evangelism like your favorite preacher or your favorite YouTuber or whatever you think you might have seen a glimpse of evangelism. I want you to kind of forget about everything you know about evangelism as we have this conversation so that you can try to imagine what it would feel like for you to evangelize. If you are already a Holy Spirit-filled Christian, I want you to think about using what God has already deposited in you to share the gospel with your friends, your family, co-workers, strangers, wherever you are. Some of us have favorite hobbies. We get to meet people while we're playing different sports. We get to socialize with people, maybe at work. You know, we have all these different communities that we gravitate towards because of the things that we care about. In those communities, there are people that have questions but never feel like there is a right time, a right space, a right person for them to ask. They don't even know someone that they can truly ask these questions without feeling like maybe they are stepping on someone's toes. And that's why it's so important for you to start thinking, maybe if you start the conversation, that other person might also be interested in learning more about God and about the gospel. And before I go any further, I really want to speak to the preacher's kids, to the children that grew up in the church and are now young adults. I don't want you to compare yourself to what your parents did. I don't want you to look at your parents calling and begin to think, oh, I should be doing just what they did, or look at your siblings and think oh I should be doing what they're doing or look at anyone around you and compare yourself no I don't want you to do that because that's a trap from the enemy I don't want you to compare yourself to anybody you might be I mean you surely are your mother's child and you are your father's child but you are also the child of the almighty God and sometimes when God gives us a, a dream a vision something to do that is so different from what other people are doing out there we begin to doubt it we begin to ask ourselves how is this even gonna happen I've never seen anyone do this thing that God is asking me to do but believe me when I say that God has called you for that thing that you have that conviction for. God has placed it in you, not by mistake. But you already came into this world with that thing deposited in you. 
So you don't have to like try to do it like any other person that you see on the internet. You don't have to try to imitate your favorite YouTubers. You just have to show up as yourself with your story, with your testimony and with the gospel of God. Don't make the mistake of ignoring the Holy Spirit because your calling is unfamiliar compared to what you see other people around you doing. And don't ignore your calling because you think that you are too young. You are not too young. If God has called you, if he has put that, you know, that calling, that thing that you keep thinking about, you're like, I know God, you want me to do this, but I'm too young. Or it would surprise some of you, but some people also think, you know, I'm still single if I get a spouse, maybe when I'm in a relationship, maybe when I finish school, maybe when I get a better job. So many things that we can come up with, but it's time to go. It's time to do that thing that God has laid on your heart. If you want God to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, when you get to heaven, you have to be willing to serve God in your own calling. You can't just imitate what someone else did because they are running their own race. I hope that we come to the realization that there is a race that is set before us individually. And we have to run that race to the very end. We have to do the things that God has placed in our heart so that when we get to the end of our lives, we will hear that well done, good and faithful servants. For some people, God could lay it on their heart for them to lead through the ministry of mothers and for some people god could lay it in their heart for them to lead through the ministry of business owners god could also lay it in your heart for you to lead through the ministry of what he has laid on your heart so that's why you don't need to compare to anybody there is a unique race that is set before you it is unique because you are unique there is nobody else like you out there. So why do you keep trying to find the blueprints of what God has given you in someone else's life? Did you know that regardless of your specific purpose and calling, every Christian has been called to share the word of God? Once you receive the Holy Spirit, you are called to share the gospel with your friends, your family, or strangers. It's not just the person that is on, that is on the pulpit that is called. It's not just your pastors that are called. You are called as well. You are called to go out there and be a witness to what God is doing. God does not use guilt and shame when he's, you know, aligning us with the calling that he has on our lives. That is what the enemy does. The enemy uses the shame and the guilt because that's just one of his tricks. He wants to shame you so that you feel stuck and you cannot move on from your past. And when you feel stuck, you're not going to be able to take any action. I mean, it's just, it's just how it is. You're either in movement, in motion, or you're stuck. You're just in one place. And what the enemy does is, well, you're a Christian, you believe you're a Christian, and because he cannot really like take your faith away from you, he's gonna begin to discourage you. He's gonna tell you that you're not good enough, He's going to tell you that you're not qualified enough. He's going to remind you of your past. He's going, to, he's going to replay your past. Like randomly, he'll just bring up a whole scenario and just replay it so that you can remember the things that you did in the past. But I want to encourage you that when the enemy brings up your past, look at your past differently. Look at your past and thank God that he brought you out of there. Thank God that he transformed your life. Thank God that because of your past, you can connect with other people that are in that same in that same situation. Thank God that he is doing something so amazing in your life. Just look at the journey of your faith. 
There's no need to hide in shame. God already knows your past and he still loves you. He knows who you've been and he still loves you. And you might be thinking, Yuti, I haven't done anything crazy. <laughs> but that's the thing about shame, right? It's not always a crazy thing. A lot of us, we've never killed anyone before. But still, somehow, we feel shame about the little things that we might have done in our past. So it's not about whether it's big or small. The enemy finds ways to just pick little things and remind you about the times that you felt like you were moving away from God and God stopped loving you, which is not true. God loves you. And it's not because any of us deserves it. He just chooses to love us. The Holy Spirit convicts you to move forward into the purpose that God has for you. He convicts you to repent and surrender with love. I know I saw a question once that was talking about, well, how do you differentiate between conviction, overthinking, and anxiety? And I feel like that's another conversation that we can explore after this series. And I'm also curious to know your thoughts. But before we move on, I really want to emphasize something to you. Guilt and shame is not from God. God's voice is love and discipline. Again, it's not just love. The love that just says like everything is perfect and everything is all right. No, within that love, there is discipline because he disciplines the ones that he loves. You see, the Bible tells us that he prunes the branches that bear fruit. So you may be thinking, I'm already bearing fruit. And, and God is like, because of that, I'm going to prune you. I'm going to prune you. I'm going to discipline you so that you can even bear more fruits for the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit plays a huge part in that because he convicts you and he leads you to continuously seek after God. So now that we've heard and we've talked a little bit about like, you know, guilt and shame, I really want to talk to you about accountability. Sometimes when I bring up accountability and I'm chatting about it, people tend to just like fold their arms or like close up, you know? And I really want you to think about accountability as a gift that exists in the midst of people that love you and care about you. Accountability is wisdom. Because when you are accountable to the right people, they will help you to make good choices for your life because you can seek wisdom and ask questions. And they will also lead you into like avoiding mistakes that they might have already made. If you truly want to achieve a goal, certain things are necessary. Let's say you want to grow in your faith and you want to like simplify your evangelism and really get out there and do it. First, you have to have a desire to do it. I'm not talking about motivation, but that desire has to be there. It has to be something that you want to do. Secondly, there has to be some kind of structure or plan. You know, prayer is important, but let's not forget faith without works is dead. So there has to be some accountability as well. That's the third thing. Because when you start everything that you're starting, it's so easy to like make an excuse. It's so easy to give up. But if you have some accountability in your life, you're going to be like, Okay, I have to show up because I know this person is waiting for me. And the thing is, as all of us are in the body of Christ, we are all accountable to each other because we all play a very important part. You might be the eye, I might be the leg, someone else might be the fingers. You know, we're all in the body of Christ, so we all have to show up. So we shouldn't be scared to say to the other parts of the body of Christ and say, hey, I need some accountability with this. I really want to evangelize. I have set some goals. I'm gonna try and reach out to three people every week. Even if things 
don't like go the way I want it to go. I just want you to keep me encouraged and accountable with this goal that I'm setting. I was having one of those months while taking an online course. Everything just felt super overwhelming. You know, God had brought to the forefront of my mind one of the things I had been praying for in the past, but I hesitated to jump in when the opportunity was presented because I was afraid that I would fail or I wouldn't be able to manage it with my current schedule. I mentioned it while I was on the phone with my dad and being the prayerful dad that he is, my dad said, let's call each other and pray every day. Like when I think about this memory, I think about the fact that I would have never, I would have never started that project if I didn't feel like I had that support system that my dad gave me. And not only did he say that, you know, let's pray for each other or I'll pray for you. He actually said, let us call each other. There was a plan. The plan was a weekly call to pray together. There was a plan. And my dad is about six hours ahead of me in time zone. And whenever I did call, he was already sleeping or about to sleep because it was so late. I was definitely interrupting his sleeping schedule. I understand that life can be pretty disappointing. I've had my own fair share of disappointments in life by people. But I really want to encourage you that there are still good people out there in the world. People that are going to listen to you and not judge you or gossip about what you're going through. People that are going to pray over you and cover you and encourage you and hold you and support you. I really want to encourage you not to live in isolation when you're trying to do the things of God, but to tap into a community that is going to uphold you and uplift you and keep you grounded through accountability. Whenever I felt too tired to pray, I remember the sacrifice my dad was making and I would dial the phone and he would pray with me. Sometimes I would even say while I'm on the call, Daddy, I'm tired. And he would ask me if I'm eating well and he would pray with me. African parents, eh? Have you eaten? <laughs> I felt like it was harder for me to keep calling than it was for him to wake up in the middle of the night. I honestly do not know how he was able to pray consistently with me. He was an amazing accountability partner for that season of my life. And I'm telling you that there are people that God will place in your life, even if you don't have an earthly father. There are people that are going to walk with you for a season or for the rest of your life and just support you, hold you, pray for you, and declare the word of God over you. There are people do not be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up on the things that God has laid on your heart. Don't give up on evangelizing. Don't give up. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what has happened to you, what you've done. God is still calling you to do the things that he has placed on your heart. In fact, God loves you so much that he sacrificed his son for all humanity. There is no greater love than the love that God has for us. When I started praying with my dad, I thought I would not make it past a week because of past experiences. I've prayed with people before. I've talked about praying with people before. We've made plans to pray together and then they just ghost you. We've made plans to do Bible studies together and then halfway through they just ghost you. So I've tried to have accountability and it just wouldn't come through, you know? But having my father as an accountability partner really kept me going when I felt like I couldn't keep on praying every day. We also had set a time and I always tried to keep the time consistent every day so that it would become a habit. That's another thing. If you really want to be accountable, 
try to get a time. Don't just keep it so flexible like, oh, I'll call you when I can. When will you can? Like, is that a time? That's not a time that someone can book off their schedule. You want to say 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 8 a.m., put a time to it. When do you want to do your check-ins on your evangelism? If you want to simplify your evangelism steps and build more confidence to share the gospel, you have to be intentional and you have to have accountability. You've got to be intentional about it. You've got to say to yourself this year, God, I really want to be out there evangelizing, sharing the gospel. God, I don't just want to think about it. So I'm going to try this strategy. If it doesn't work, I'm going to try this one. If it doesn't work, I'm going to try the next one. The thing is, you're never failing. You're always learning. But when we just like sit back and say, oh, I don't know where to start, start with the one thing you know. Start with the one friend you have around you. Start with that Christian that you already know. Tell them, can I practice my evangelism with you? I want to get more comfortable evangelizing. Is it okay if we do a little bit of a, you know, a scenario where like you're someone I don't know and what would I say? Just start and also have accountability. So I know I've talked a lot about accountability and I always want to try to give you practical things that you can work on. So here I'm going to give you five signs of a good accountability partner. Number one sign of a good accountability partner. They take their words seriously and with honor. You want someone that is going to show up, check in or send a text. You don't want nobody that's going to ghost you or send a text 500 days later. Please save yourself the headache and avoid anyone who would start and then drop off without explaining why. Accountability is not just about completing the process. It's really about keeping each other accountable. Like, what happened? Oh, I wasn't able to make it. I had to do X, Y, Z. This came up. And not just like making up excuses, but really trying your best to show up and communicating when you can't. The second sign of a good accountability partner is that you have to both agree that there is a reason for the accountability. And the reason is important to both of you individually and together. If someone is not pulling you forward or running beside you, they are sowing seeds of discouragement that would drag you backwards. I know we don't like to hear this because we don't want to feel like we're being picky about the people that we're, you know, joining our plans to, having goals with and all of that. But this is just the truth about life. If someone is not running beside you or running in front of you and you're not intentionally choosing to be the person that is cheering them on by running in front of them, if that is not the original intention, then that person is going to be discouraging you because you're going to keep thinking, oh, this person was supposed to be here. They are not here. And then you get discouraged and then you might actually just quit. And that's not what you want. And that's why it's so important that you keep this at the back of your mind. When you're looking for an accountability partner, let's say you want to pray every day. This person has to care about praying. They have to have things they want to pray for. They have to be genuinely interested in praying as well. And then they should also have that desire to pray with someone else. The fourth sign of someone that is going to be a good accountability partner for you is that the person is someone that is going to be genuinely happy for you when you succeed. Listen, whether it's evangelism or praying together or dreaming together, once you begin to share those things, that person is now aware of your mindset. They're now aware of the things that you want. And you want someone that is going to genuinely celebrate you because they know that you showed up and you trusted God. And even when it was hard, you kept going. 
you don't want someone that is gonna be like you know throwing shade at you and saying it's just a joke all the time <laughs> this is some haters will show up in disguise you want to be able to identify the wolf in sheep's clothing so many people are carrying weights of jealousy and comparison. They are willing to be with you when you are both lost, when you are both searching, when you are both desiring the same thing but you haven't got it yet, or when you're asking for help. But once you get a breakthrough, they no longer want to be around you. This is not something you should try to fix. Stay focused. I'm just saying. There is a time for everything. There's a time for us to give back. There's a time for us to help other people. And there's also a time to just stay focused. To pick the right people, surround yourself with the, with the right people and build. There is a time for everything. And I just pray that God will give you that discernment of when it's time for you to just let go of the things that have turned into burdens, the relationships, the people, and to really just submit them back to God. Now, the fifth sign of a good accountability partner is that they really put God in the center of the relationship, regardless of the nature. It could be friendship. It could be a romantic relationship. It could be anything. It could even be a mentor. You want someone that is aligned with you spiritually as well because you don't want people like bringing certain things that are going to throw you off. Like if you don't believe in horoscopes and every day someone is trying to read your horoscope, that could be a distraction. That could be sowing seeds of distraction in your heart and taking you away from meditating on the word of God and focusing on the promises of God in your life. I really hope that you were able to pick out the key ways that you can simplify your evangelism. The first one is to set a goal. It's important that you set a goal. The second one is to remember that God does not use shame and guilt. That is the enemy. The third thing is to be intentional. The fourth thing is to get accountability. And I also shared with you five signs that you can use to pick the right accountability partner. If you are ready to evangelize boldly, I encourage you to download the free resource that I have created for ordinary everyday believers like you and I to learn how to evangelize boldly. The name of the guide is what to say when evangelizing. I am so excited and I can't wait to hear all of the feedback and your experience going out there and sharing the word of God. I love y'all.